This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fans. We're going to switch things up just a little bit, and in just a couple minutes we're going to talk with Tim Hardaway Jr. In the meantime, we got a couple. Yeah, it's happening. Got a couple of notes for you, and I guess a question to start. Supposedly, the Chiefs are still talking with Odell Beckham. Okay. If he signed there or wherever and does play in the playoffs, do you feel like you're going to be agitated? Like, if he does well at the Cowboys? Uh, if he does well, I'll be like, Dad, gum. You know, you, you could have had him and everything, but I, I think the Cowboys are looking at it as they were trying to get the best position possible in the playoffs here. You know, we need some people to help us with this grind. Just in case, obviously, an injury does happen, do we have somebody in-house that can handle that role? Because you saw what it was kind of like when it was just CeeDee Lamb, no Gallup, really, to, to roll out there. They were still trying to piece some things together. So, yeah, I would be irritated for sure. Um, and that is a coin flip, though, I would right? I'd just say I'm wrong because I just don't think he's going to be great off of his yeah. second ACL injury immediately. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, too. That's why I say it's kind of a coin flip, and it can go either way when he comes back. Uh I would probably rather have the guy on my team when he does come back than see him be on another team and be a threat against me, for sure. Does the signing of... Uh, this is a tough question because when we went through this in the C block, we it seemed like we were all kind of on the same page mm-hmm. of, eh, when it comes to T.Y. Hilton. Now that it's done, does that do anything for you? And I heard Jerry talking about his vertical speed. Does does that help this team? He's an option. Uh, as Mickey was talking about this morning, he's an option in the slot. He can do a lot of things there. I think there are some really good things. If you're trying to roll out some waves of wide receivers uh, in this thing too, which did it, and we'll, maybe we'll get to this question a little bit in the C block. Did it feel like they wanted to get the ball to James Washington early? It wasn't there, and then they never got a chance to go back to it. That's kind of the way I felt throughout the, the beginning part of that game. And you know, McCarthy can say all he wants about how he, you know, passed with flying colors and he's ready to go right now. He'll need to work his way into the offense, you know? So I, I think it's going to be a couple of weeks before I believe that, 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 that it's, you know, something that's really going to work out. But I mean, no Brown's done a really good job this season, right? Am I wrong about this? Am I not seeing something? It just depends on what your expectations were, right? Okay. Cause I think for a lot of people, he's done a good job because their expectations were like, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. I always liked Noah Brown. Like I've always been like, he makes some interesting, some tough catches. He makes tough catches over the middle. And so I did like him, but he never had a a number two season. Right. So he never had anything like that. So I think I'm still happy with the player there, but man, if I can, you know, run out multiple different types of sets of receivers, it's going to confuse defenders and it's going to put them on their heels a lot more often. And this is something that, you know, Mickey will bring up a lot. He's like, hey, so-and-so was a free agent for a reason. And I usually kind of think that. And if T.Y. Hilton contributes, outstanding. 
If he can't, well, it doesn't really cost you that much. It costs you close to the prorated minimum for the rest of the year. It won't impact your salary cap going forward or anything like that. So I'm, quite frankly, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I like it a lot, man. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. We're going to talk with Tim Hardaway Jr. in just one second. But outside of the argument that we did get into is, did you have any other takeaways from Thunder Mavs last night, y'all. Thought the Mavs played really well, especially after they got up 12-0. to It's early in an NBA game, so you know most likely it's right. not going to then just be up by 20 points the rest of the game. But being down, I believe, 28-23 to after one, after starting the game up 12-0, to I thought the Mavs had a great finish to the second quarter. Tim Hardaway Jr., who we're about to talk to, got really hot, which helped out a lot. Uh, and then the Mavs kind of kept it going the whole third, fourth quarter. That team, they're young, so Oklahoma City plays fast and they play hard the whole game. And I, I think Dort is one of those guys that every championship team kind of needs. I think Marcus Smart is that guy for Boston. Uh, you know, I just think in a way very different, but I think Draymond Green has been that guy for Golden State for their dynasty is that guy that just – just muddies up the game and makes the game very physical on the best player. That being said, Lucas still had 38 points, 11 rebounds, and eight assists. And the rebound thing was one of the things that I was keyed in on is it wasn't, it didn't have to be like a one-person rebounding show or even a two-person with him and Wood, which is I know what happens a lot of times is you had Kleba and Dinwiddie hitting the boards a pretty decent yes. amount as well. And, and both those guys also made three-pointers, too, which was clutch. It seems like the Mavs literally are. If they make three-pointers, they have a chance to beat anybody. And if they're cold, I don't know. They're, they're kind of their offense relies on Luka getting his 30 and then Luka setting up guys for threes. And if you make 40% of them, you can beat anybody. If you're under 40%, it makes it very tough. Well, with that in mind, let's turn it over to our sharpshooting three-point expert, Tim Hardaway Jr. Good afternoon, sir. Congratulations on the win last night. Good afternoon. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, we were talking about elements of the fast start to the game and then obviously elements of the second quarter. Not just you, but the team as a whole. When y'all are hitting the three-pointers, do you feel like this team, like in that moment, is unstoppable? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that. But, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody around the league feels like that as well with their own team. So uh, it's just having a feel-good factor. When you see shots go in, human nature, you know, you, you feel good, you're, you're, you're playing good, and, and uh, everything uh, translates to uh, both ends of the floor. On the flip side, and I've always been curious from a shooter's perspective, what are you thinking when the ball is just not going in? When it looks like that basket is teeny and tiny, if you're like 0 for 6, are you like, I got to shoot my way out of it? Or do you ever think, I need to do other things tonight because it's not going my way. Yeah, I think the I think beginning of my career I was like that. Uh, if it wasn't falling, then I'll probably be out of it. Uh, and then as I got more mature, as I got older, as I started working on my craft a lot more and shooting the ball a lot more, uh, I just realized that, you know, there's other elements into the game that I could get going uh, as far as like getting an easy two on a fast break or uh, like yesterday or in Denver taking a charge. Uh, a key charge throughout the game, diving on the floor, or or just being in the moment, grabbing rebounds, getting assists. Any there's other ways to get yourself involved in the game, and the ball finds great energy. Uh, so uh, I just try to stay locked in uh, with that and and go from there. 
I think I, I think you have like thirty five in the month of December right now, which is a just a, three pointers. Yeah, three Ooh. pointers, which is an insane number. But like I think it was Dennis Scott once described shooting and being in the zone is like throwing a tennis ball into a garbage can, and I was just kind of like, yeah. you have that same feeling. You have a different description for it. Uh. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I think more so that uh, the ball's coming off your hand like a feather. I would say it's that easy, uh, and and the ball feels light. Um, you're fluid in your motion when you're shooting, and and more than that, you're confident. Most importantly, I want to talk about your defense and team defense. And I know that you didn't guard Shea all night long. I know that's a team uh, situation. But looking at the West, when it comes to Shea, Jaw, Lillard, Curry. Booker, who's the toughest guy for you to guard? I know they're all great, but who's the guy like when you have them one on one? That seems to be your toughest guy to guard. Uh, I'm not uh, saying anything because you know we still got to play them. I answer that question when I retire. How about that? Okay, okay. we're gonna Fair make enough. All right, we're, we're gonna make a list of questions. Yeah, I feel like yeah. that you're like hit but me I will back. Say this, but I will, but I will say this though that I mean the guys that um, are constantly moving, uh, the guys that are constantly coming off ball screens, uh, that can move without the ball, um, that that obviously create for their for their teammates, and uh, are coming off pin downs and down screens and all that stuff. Those are guys that are. Definitely some of the hardest guys to guard throughout the whole entire league, I would say. You mentioned, you know, going down to the floor to grab a ball or whatever the case might be in terms of those hustle plays. How much discussion Mm -hmm. have y'all had maybe in the last couple weeks about rebounding? Because season started off well, and then y'all fell into a funk where it felt like regardless of the outcome, game after game, y'all were getting outboarded. Has that changed at all in the last couple weeks? Uh, I believe so. I mean... You see guards now checking checking a lot more for for guys coming in to rebound because I mean for the most part it's always been just the bigs you know getting boards and stuff like that and guards just uh, leaking out or or just being raised for outlets uh, but now everybody you know in this day and age everybody's crashing everybody wants to put back dunk everybody um, uh, wants that extra possession so um, it's all five guys that have to be productive and and be locked in on that end of the floor because we're getting stops, but it's the it's the defense rebound. I mean, offensive rebound that uh, just um, deflates you know the whole yeah. entire team. You know, so um, we just gotta get the rebounds and grab the rebounds because we are getting stops. I will say. And Tim, last night you guys were good at the free throw line, but overall this season, I think I saw in clutch minutes, you guys are a 62% free throw shooting team, which is mm-hmm. worst in the NBA. How do you guys fix that the second half of the season and in the playoffs? Well, I mean, right before I got on the phone with you guys, we all shot 50 free throws as it, to, uh, individually. So we're doing that after every single practice. We're in here working on our free throws. We're in here constantly uh, um, making it game-like. Uh, with the music playing in the background and so on and so forth. So, um, I mean, we're in here. We're in here working, I will tell you. How many did you make? I'm 25, 26, 25, 25. Okay. And then, you know, it's like it's two, you know. So, I mean, it's it's different in practice, I will say, obviously. You can't reenact the game. You know, it's totally different, especially when you're on the road. So, um is different. 
since we're talking about free throws, and you don't have to name anybody specifically, but I saw Mark Cuban voice complaints to the NBA about how long it takes Giannis to shoot a free throw. Uh, do you ever stand at the line and you're like, oh, my God, dude, just shoot the ball already? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, it's just routine. I mean, everybody has a routine. Everybody has a way of uh, locking in and focusing in on at the rim and concentrating on and making the, making the free throw. Um, that's his way of doing it. I mean, it takes longer than some some players. Well, mostly mo- most players. I mean, but uh, but I mean, he does. I mean, he does knock down the free throws occasionally, and and he has been knocking them down here and there. So, uh, I mean, it does take take longer, but I mean, whatever works for that player. I, I'm kind of curious about, you know, last year with Jason Kidd was obviously a new a new thing, but throughout the season, y'all progressed, y'all got better, and then, you know, you go to the Western Conference Finals, and I know you were kind of there observing a lot of that ride. This year, is, is Kidd's message much different than it started out last year? Is he kind of, does he look at the season in a, in a different way than maybe most coaches and most people do? Um, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I mean, it's only, like, like you said, it's only my, second second year with him but uh for the most part i think he just um he's very confident in what he's doing with the team and obviously we have a brand new team with brand new players uh and some veterans so uh i mean it's different i would say in that in, in a sense of having different players and different guys on the team but for the most part i think we're starting out kind of similar to what we did last year um and I think we're starting to find our find our groove uh, like we did around the same time last year, probably, I guess, I think a little bit earlier. Mm. Um, I think the COVID situation around Christmas time and around New Year's last year, I think, really helped the team in a sense of guys knowing their roles and knowing what they need to do out there on the court for the team to be successful and that's what I think propelled the team uh, moving forward last year. So I think now since we got new guys, I think now that everybody's starting to know their roles a little bit more, I think we're going to start uh, turning turning, uh, turning the corner. Talking with Tim Hardaway Jr. right here on 105.3 The Fan. We sometimes use the term, not just for the Mavs, but across the NBA, of a scheduled loss. So, for example, <laughs> yeah, like, for, okay, yes, oh, wow. okay, see, uh, you knew exactly park, right? what I'm saying. So, y'all have a game that starts in Chicago 17 hours, 19 hours after you finish a game back here in Dallas. Do you ever look at the big picture of the schedule and you're like, oh, for real? That's what's scheduled coming up next? I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, we did look at that, so um, that's why we were. I think we were so upset with the Milwaukee game as a team, uh, and I think it carried over a little bit. I mean, just us being humans, you know, um, we did think about it. I think a little bit, but for the most part, I mean, everybody in the league will have a schedule, uh, have a game or two that's like that. So I think you just have to try to do the best you can to recover, get your rest and mentally be prepared for the challenge because I will tell you right now, it was grueling for sure. Uh, getting in really, really early in the morning, I would say not late at night, early in the morning, uh, it was uh, it was a tough one. But there's no excuses. Every team goes through it. Um, we just got to fight. Tim, putting you back in the starting lineup really helped you out. Can you talk about that decision and how it got you going? Uh, 
I think for the most part, I, I think it, you know, you just got to, I mean, I got to just give a shout out to Reggie, you know, uh, I mean, it was, that was a tough situation. I mean, I, I was in the same situation as last year. I started beginning of the season and they started Reggie and then I had to come off the bench. So, it, I mean, so this year is kind of vice versa, but you know, he's been a great sport, been a great teammate, been helping me out on the floor on defensively, making sure that I, he, like, I know where I am out there defensively on the court while I'm playing. And, um, I think that right there just shows uh, the confidence not only him but the rest of my team has in me to go out there and be in that lineup to go out there and produce and perform the way I need to. Obviously, we've seen some stuff here and there. I know he's heard at the moment from Josh Green. What do you think about the potential of Josh Green, not necessarily just this year but in years future? Do you think he has the potential to be an NBA starter? Oh, 1,000%. He's put himself in a position right now. I would say so. Um He's uh he's been, I mean everybody's seen it. He's worked his way up uh through a roster, and you know he's he's earned the right you know to go out there and play. He's earned his minutes, and it shows uh from his off season working out and him uh preparing himself before each and every game, before each and every practice, even on off days coming in here getting work in. Um, and his shooting, I mean, his shooting has been off the charts. So um, just him, me seeing him go out there and do his thing is also giving me confidence to try to go out there and do my thing. Just because, you know, he's showing that energy. So for me, it's like, why not? Like, like I'm going to feed off of Josh and try to do the things that he's doing. And he makes me feel like my, my younger self. And were you disappointed? I'm just looking at the schedule. You guys are in San Antonio on December 31st. Were you hoping to be at a TCU-Michigan game? <laughs> nah, I'm good. <laughs> I know those guys are going to take care of business, but I'm, I'm thinking I'm looking. Where's the national championship at again? It's in Phoenix, right? Am I correct I believe about that, that is correct. Yeah, I think Ooh. you guys are. Can you start planning? I think we're in Phoenix when the national championship game is, though. Oh, L- okay. It's L.A. So oh, it's L.A. Oh, no, it's L.A.? Well, I think I, I, well, someone's got to let, let me know because if it's in L.A. I oh, think you guys, I think you guys are at L.A., what? the Clippers, on January 10th and at L.A. on January 12th. And isn't January 9th the championship game? That is correct. Oh, wow. I Why do did believe. you look at that? Why would you look at that? It was meant to be, fellas. <laughs> Man, outstanding stuff. I hope we helped facilitate that, and we appreciate you jumping on with us very much, good sir. No, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. There you go, Tim Hardaway Jr. right here on The Fan. All right. I didn't did think, think I was going to ask a Poku question. I did. I did not think about that <laughs> until I saw his face. My face, It was a yep. different segment I wanted to ask y'all about for tomorrow about Josh Green moving into the starting lineup. But as soon as I saw Corey's face, I was like, oh, crap. That's not what I meant to do. Your face, Mike. You just With, don't No, that is you, not. That was not the point of I that. Really, I really, we were out of time, but I was like, what if I asked a question? Hey, do you think that Poku guy stunk? I night? seriously looked at your face, and I thought, for sure. That's what you were going to ask. I love it. We're the KNC Masterpiece. Coming up next, college football on a Tuesday. Fair awards, unfair awards, and perhaps the most explosive game in the sports history. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. To win the 2022 Army-Navy game. Moretzky straight on from 39 yards out to win the game in the second overtime. Belke gets it down. The kick is up by Moretzky. Plenty of distance. It's good! It's good! Quinn Moretzky, the pride of Honolulu, Hawaii, wins the 2022 Army-Navy game in double overtime. Your final score Army 20, Navy 17. Army is victorious during college football on a Tuesday. They had 153 yards of offense total in that game, and they won 20-17 to 17 over Navy. Immediately afterwards, the Navy coach got fired. What? Yeah, he... They set sail, huh? He. Oh, no. He was the winningest coach in program history, 109-83, and 83, and he said... First of all, we got kicked in the gut. I was a little numb prior to him saying that in terms of getting fired. So most of it, I couldn't comprehend. I'm like, Chet, why don't you take some time to relax? And he said, well, it's been building. I wonder how many people have been in that situation where, like, you get fired or you know you're about to get fired. And they're like, well, let's think about this. And they're like, no, I've been thinking about it for a while. Or I guess I could. I mean, relationships. Yeah, like course, a breakup. Right? Yes. That's where the it's not you, it's me situation pops up. And you're like, what? Is that even a me? No, you're like, it's definitely it's both me. Of us. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know what? It is you. I don't even want to talk to you anymore anyway. So I believe that was the first overtime game, or certainly the first double overtime game in the 123 games between those two academies. The Navy still leads the all-time series over Army 62 to 54 to 7. Because remember, they used huh. to be ties a lot more. All right, now then. There's, now there's never ties. Um, Did you see the uniforms during that game? I did. They're pretty dope. I because Did you like the NASA helmet more, or did you like the, the Army helmet? I think I like the NASA one. I watched this one more intently because Mike's been talking about, like, if we could go to the Army-Navy yes. game. I would say talk to Spittle, but they always want us to go. Yeah, I, I was more intent on it. I think it's... You just kind of wish sometimes, I guess, that the football was a little bit better or they believed in the forward pass more, but well, it mean, was entertaining. I agree with you on the forward pass part. Uh, my my question, though, is, and I don't know if this was ever answered. Maybe somebody can help me out. Okay. I And I don't mind being dumb on this one. Me and my friend were watching the game, and we were, like, going, like, hold on, NASA and the Navy? That's... Is that their branch? Are they connected? Did you, do you know that? I like Space Force is its own thing now. Yeah, I feel like I should know that. So, but I, I don't know. I'm gonna look this. I guess I gotta look this up now. Are Navy and the and NASA connected? Because 
Jess's family is going to be so mad at me for oh, not knowing that. No. Yeah, so, I mean, I, my brother-in-law was in the Navy, and then we have multiple family members there that were part of NASA, so I probably should know The Navy, that. along with other U.S. military organizations, benefit directly from applied research taking place well, at that NASA. Make, okay, that makes sense. So, yeah, they do have a cooperation in the 21st century. Would you be excited about, and are you anticipating the word on the street that Texas and Oklahoma, there's growing sentiment that they will join the SEC? one year sooner like remember when we talked about some of these media rights and tv deals a few months back it looked like they would stand firm until 2025 but now brett murphy said yesterday that there was momentum for oklahoma and texas to leave the big 12 for the sec sooner and in time for the 2024 season okay kevin i just wanted to add this real quick sorry i was i was looking it up that is recognizing famed naval aviator and Navy astronaut Bruce McCandles II. Okay. So that was what the helmet, that person that was him. Sense. So there you go. I want to add that. Now, I know normally you would not care about this game. I'm going to try to convince you that you should. Let's go right. ahead and fire off cut number eight for the quarterfinals of the SCS playoffs. Some time. And Dunaway heaves to the end zone. With the season on the line, that ball is incomplete. An incarnate word is going to the semifinals for the first time. Incarnate word defeated Sacramento State by the astonishing final score of 66 to 63. Of course they did. The over-under was 78 points. So, you know, they just beat it by 51 points, which is pretty darn good. There was more than 1,300 yards of offense in that game, including Sacramento State ran 109 plays for 738 yards, and they lost. Did you say the difference in rushing yards and passing yards? Ooh, I do not have that as the ready. It feels like this game is, if unless they were just breaking it open for lots of running plays. Yeah. It feels like it's the, the antithesis of the, of the Army-Navy game. Yeah, as, that's a great way to put it. Is So 129 points is an FCS postseason record. So congratulations to Incarnate Word. They have the semifinals this weekend. Do you want to go to the fair award or the unfair award? I love the State Fair of Texas. State I haven't been great. in a while, but I love the Fletcher's Corny Dogs. Yeah. Okay, we will go with cut number seven. Here is the Fair Award for Heisman Trophy. A lot of people think this is the most prestigious individual honor <laughs> in all of sports. All of sports. And the winner for 2022, Caleb Williams, Southern Fire. So, Caleb Williams? Sound like Brad Leland, our uh, guest in our, our band. <laughs> He was awesome at Jared's event on Sunday. Caleb Williams, 47 touchdowns this season. The most in USC history. Beats out Maxaw Duggan, who finished second. He was TCU's first Heisman finalist since LaDainian Tomlinson in 2000 with Stetson Bennett and C.J. Stroud rounding out the finalists. But what about the unfair award? Did you hear the line though from Caleb Williams? Or is it maybe I'm Was he sad about not being in the playoffs? Yeah, he was like, Hey, I won this, but you guys get to be in the college playoffs. And I don't know if that's an actual line, but I saw it on TikTok. I do know that he made mention of not being in the playoff because all three of the yeah. other ones Y'all get to go play in the big one and I'm stuck over here with this stupid trophy.
Poor Michigan. Nobody cares. That they made Reggie Bush give back. Yeah. Which, by the way, I know some people like give the Heisman Trophy back to him. And I was like, hold on. So he won it. He would have to give it back mm-hmm. and then he would get it back again. I would have okay. just melted it down now <laughs> and turned it into what? Something they couldn't find. I'd be like, come find okay. come find the trophy if you want it that bad. You go play chess. Mm-hmm. Is So let's talk about the Mackey Award for tight ends. All right? You brought this to my attention. It is astonishing. So it came down to Brock Bowers of Georgia and Michael Mayer of Notre Dame. Bowers, 52 catches. Mayer, 67. Bowers, 726 yards. Mayer, 809. Bowers, six touchdowns. Mayer, nine. And Mayer is a better blocker. So with all that in mind, they decided instead to go with Brock Bowers of Georgia over Michael Mayer of Notre Dame, despite the fact that Mayer was better in every category. And if you go off of PFF, they had Bowers at seventh and Mayer as their top tight end. I that wouldn't make sense other than I like I have no clue what the the panel was thinking here, or maybe they were just like, well, maybe they all just kind of threw darts uh, at it. By the way, Kevin from the nine seven two, did Kevin just say hacksaw Jim Duggan? Maxaw. Maxaw. So we either went with um hacksaw max duggan mm-hmm. or maxaw duggan Maxaw's pretty cool yeah and so it makes me feel like that i want one of those saws you know yeah absolutely a they will do saw. the most now Deion sanders already making an impact at colorado they picked up the number eight running back in the class of 2023 and you remember how he said that his son was going to come in and be the quarterback but he'd have to earn it well, one Colorado, Colorado. This is your quarterback right here. Yeah, one Colorado. I mean, he's gonna have to earn it. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> hey, well, hold on. One Colorado quarterback's like, you know what? I don't believe you, and I'm probably not gonna. He didn't say that, oh, but like, man. he's not gonna stick around to find out because he already hit the transfer portal. Man, that portal gets hit a well, lot. Well, I mean, especially because Dion said, "Go ahead, yeah, go to the transfer portal. It's fine." You ever think that that portal's like, man, I am exhausted. You know, or like that it gets like bottlenecked every once in a while. I don't feel like it's like a sentient thing or anything like See, that. See, whenever they say transfer portal, I think of uh, the maybe like it's Rick and Morty. No, I think one of the Star Wars movies where oh, they're okay. trying to go. Maybe it's the the Rogue One movie where they're trying to go through that one place. But that's what I think. Or of. are you thinking about Mario Brothers when you go down the tube? Oh man, the tube's so cool. Now, this isn't football, but as long as we're in the arena of college sports, just wanted to throw it out there real quick. Did you see that, not surprisingly, Texas suspended their basketball head coach, Chris Beard, without pay following the domestic violence arrest? And You think they know everything they need to know? If they know it already, that would be pretty surprising. I wonder what his future is going to be. Because remember yesterday, Mm -hmm. some people are floating out the idea that, like, Chris Beard punched his daughter's fiancé because he had hit her. And if that's the case, then you're like, I get it. Yeah. Well, at least I do. But looks like maybe that's not what happened, though. I know he said, she said comes up a lot in this. But the woman in question is allegedly Chris Beard's fiance, And she told the police, quote, Beard choked me, threw me off the bed, bit me. I have bruises all over my leg. He threw me around and was going nuts. She said the choking lasted for about five seconds and prevented her from breathing. Mm. 
And again, I realize the police are still doing their investigation. There's a lot going on. But if that is true, I don't see how he avoids jail time. Well, actually, I do see how he avoids jail time because we know how society goes. I don't see how he continues to coach yeah, no. for Texas or in nope. or no matter how successful in general. Like that that right? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And then Joey, just for you, if you want to go ahead and fire off cut number three, let's hear it. Right back around to him at the point, looking for a tip, comes loose and scored. Right to Rope Hints. 19 seconds into the game. Dallas storms out of the gates. Unfortunately, that would be their only goal of the game as they were defeated by the Pittsburgh Penguins 2-1. We had been on a roll. The Stars had won zero one-goal games all season. And then they won two back-to-back, and we were feeling good. But now we're back to the old ways where they lose 2-1. Your thoughts, Joey? Um... They played a much better defensive game than they had in recent weeks. I will give them that. Uh, You know, the game-winning goal the Penguins got, good play by Ottinger to go out, poke check it, happened to go right to the stick of Malkin. So what can you do? You would have loved to get a point, though. That really sucks. Uh, so hopefully can pick those, up two tonight. In a lot of those one-goal losses, they did at least get it to overtime, and you did at least get that one point. Absolutely, and this is a big road trip for them. They're playing a lot of good teams. It's the start of a five-game road trip, so they need to get as many points as possible before they come back home. This is why, Kevin, we need to bring back the shootout in regular season uh, so that we can the, pure, the, the purest way to decide sports <laughs> is shootouts. You with and that and with the PKs and everything like that, just trying to agitate people who like <laughs> The sport being finished the way it's been played almost the entire time. Or the correct way. The Stars <laughs> the stars still tied with the Jets for first in the Central, though obviously the Jets have two games in hand. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. We got Mike Likes It coming up in just one second, but first... Let's go to Diamond Factory! But even before that... Let's give something away! 877-881-1053, caller number 10... Momentarily! We'll win a pair of tickets to go see Brian Regan. The comedian will be performing now. at the Will Rogers Auditorium on January 20th as part of the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo Auditorium Concert Series. You can buy tickets at LiveNation.com or you can win them for free right now. We'll be doing this giveaway all week long. Caller number 10, 877-881-1053. Now, some Mike likes it. All right, so I want to do a little bit of baseball nuggets here, Okay. Matt Moore. Okay. I think the Rangers really need to try to re-sign that guy because if you're planning on competing, right, Chris Which Young, Bruce Bochy, yeah. a lot of the people, those are the two most important, have said, look, our plan is to compete in 2023. Yes, there's a little bit longer-term lens on this team, but also they believe that they can maybe sneak into the playoffs this upcoming season. Well, if that's going to happen, it's a lot different pitching in August and September in the bullpen than it is – I should say it's a lot different when you are in the heat of a playoff battle than it is when you're 20 games under 500 or more. And last year, the Rangers had to go through four or five different closers. Matt Moore had to do it, but he never was really given the job. There was obviously Barlow, who didn't work out. There was LeClerc. There was Hernandez. There was a couple other guys that you kind of ran through that 
if you plan on winning more than 85 games, you need a closer and yeah. a guy that you can really rely on. And I'm not saying Matt Moore is that guy, but Matt Moore was outstanding in the sixth, really seventh, eighth was. innings. So I haven't seen a lot of news on him. And I know that news on most guys right now is the big name free agents. Chris Bassett just uh, recently signed with the Blue Jays yesterday, three for 62. Were you, I know you kind of gave us a heads up as like, we're probably done spending at that level for pitching, but were you disappointed at all? Because that was not too, too over the top for him. No, and I think that that would have been a great guy to add to your rotation, but I do think the Rangers look at it as we have DeGrom, Perez, Gray, Odorizzi, Heaney, and I get that those guys might not be in your rotation or maybe, hey, you watch their innings pitched and they bounce back and forth between starting and relieving type of deal, and then you have Dane Dunning and Glenn Otto, what I would say the two guys that were in the rotation last year that could be a fifth starter for you if you want to do something different with the two veteran guys on the end. But yeah, it just goes to show you like Chris Bassett, if he's healthy, that's a pretty good good. deal because he's going to have an ERA in the high twos, low threes and give you, I'm going to guess 10 to 15 wins. I know wins isn't a huge stat anymore in starting pitching. I think to starting pitchers it is, but to maybe fans looking at you look at more of, Hey, what's your whip? What's your ERA? Right. What's all those different things? But did I, you know all those things when you like while you were pitching? No clue. Okay. Batting average against, yes. Thought that was a big one. Yeah, which mine wasn't very good. But I, I thought wins. Hey, I, I do think there's something too in the sixth, seventh inning. If you do have a lead, can you keep that lead and then turn it to your bullpen with, let's say, nine or less outs to go? Okay. Because like I do agree with Al Leiter here. Don't complain about the bullpen blowing a lead if you didn't pitch seven innings. Okay. If you give that bullpen more than six outs, you gave them you gave them too much to handle there. Now look, if it's ten to one after six innings, and for some reason they take you out, that's a different scenario. But you leave a game winning four to two, and you pitch six innings, and you're like, those guys didn't get the last nine outs of the game. That's a, that's quite a bit to ask. Now the game has changed. But still, that is a lot of things can happen in the seventh, eighth, sure, and ninth inning. Absolutely. And so he always felt like, which I agreed with, look, if you leave them six outs and they don't get you those six outs, let's we let's have a powwow over dang our bullpen stinks. Not that you're not like intently watching the game anyway, but like let's say you didn't have to chart pitches or anything like that. You're watching the game more intently when it's after when it's still on your start and your record right than you normally would yeah uh yeah okay uh you're not maybe watching every pitch maybe the night before usually you'd watch i would say the most intently as in because it's almost like your last bit of education on what you're going to do the next day but the the emotion Maybe the the word is like the emotion of that game has way more okay. than uh, you you would have in the day before because there's nothing you can do the day after. There's nothing you can do. You're watching it. But when you have a win on the line, because I do think like it or not. If I've just guy, always been curious about if that. If a guy gets to 20 wins, you have a chance to win the Cy Young. If you get to 20 wins, you're getting now 20 or 30 or $40 million a year. If your ERA is like, four and you win 20 games i do think that it becomes this debate on how much to pay but man if you get to 20 wins that's really special i still think in today's game which is very tough to do because 
usually to win games, you have to pitch seven innings or more to, to rack up that many W's. And the 214, are we out on Rodon? And I did see. Is he still, the Yankees, still available? The Yankees are uh, apparently, according to the New York Post, uh, preparing to offer him a formal offer right today and okay. he's like in the 200 million seven year range is kind of what he's looking for i i know Ooh, that this hasn't happened in recent history and obviously there was a lockout last year so that kind of threw things off i would say most big time free agents would like to be signed before christmas time yep. so okay. i do think that this week is a big week and the weekend and monday because usually most front offices almost have this kind of unwritten rule in place when you get to the day before Christmas Eve, the 23rd through like the 26th is almost like business shuts down. And sometimes it kind of shuts down until January 2nd. Mm-hmm. It's almost like there's this Christmas Eve to January 1st where teams just stop working. It's like, enjoy your family. We're not going to talk to agents. You guys want to enjoy your family as players. And then we restart business on January 2nd. So a lot of players are like, man, there's a deal on the table I really like. It'd be really nice when I go see my parents, when it's I go see done. maybe my wife's parents. Okay that we know where we're going instead of answering all those questions. Well, where are you guys going? What are you thinking about? Who's the teams that have offered you? What have they offered? And you're just like, if you have it done, it kind of makes the holidays better. Plus you have Christmas uh, money to spend on your family at that Man, point. Man, I better get a sweet present. <laughs> I was actually going to ask if you would take that time then like to maybe transfer school districts if you had kids or anything like that. I don't know That's how good all of that I, works. I've luckily, unluckily, never really had Sorry, that situation. Mike. Yeah. I, a good person to ask is, I believe Marcus Simeon moved here. I mean, I know he did move here. I don't know if Corey Seager moved here. Uh, I also don't know. I, this is where I just don't get too much into personal lives. I don't know if Corey Seager's married. I don't know how many kids he, he is has. He's married. I don't know have. that he has kids. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know all the personal things. I do know Marcus Simeon is married, does have kids, and did move here. I don't okay. know, like, where he moved in the Metroplex. But I know that he did move his whole family here and somewhat his yeah. whole life here. Um have this question for you guys as this offseason keeps progressing i've heard absolutely nothing about joey gallo like literally no kidding why not and here is what he batted in 2020 181 in the covid season he batted 199 for the rangers slash yankees in 2021 and last year for the dodgers and uh yankees he batted 160 in 2019 he did bat 253 for the texas rangers for his career he is a 199 batting average i ask you guys this question as this as this keeps progressing no one year five million dollars would you sign him to be your left fielder for one million is conforto still out there five million yeah he is right no i i would rather go with conforto for one okay uh for two i agree with evan grant on this particular piece reunions don't always go how fans expect them to go and i don't want to put a guy i don't want even the expectation that it's okay to hit 160 on my team i don't like i don't even want people to think that that's all right i have the opposite guy for you which is getting a little bit of rangers love i don't know what his market's going to be because he's the opposite of today's game andrew benatendi andrew benatendi last year batted 304 his on base was 373 his OPS was 772. He only had five home runs. He is a guy that gets a lot of singles. Mm, yeah. He gets on base. His on base percentage is 373. He does not have much power at all. I mean, his career year is 20 home runs. You're looking at probably. Is he Josh Smith then? 
Do you already I, have I mean, him? you hope Josh Smith is that guy. Okay. He's right. a good outfielder. What you're doing with Josh Smith is you are throwing him into a position where he's really athletic, and you're just hoping his athleticism and then experience makes him somewhat of a left fielder. And I think Josh Smith's role will be playing a whole bunch of different positions as, like, a 10th guy on a team or 11th guy on a team, and that will be Josh Smith's role in the major leagues for 10 to 15 years if he's lucky enough and healthy enough and is successful enough. Ben Attendee, I believe, is a everyday outfielder, but he's the complete and total opposite of Joey Gallo. If you see what I like, Does Joey the Gallo changed that, and then the defense is what I'm interested in maybe Gallo the very, most for. Yeah, and Gallo's a very good defensive player. Ben Attendee's a very good defensive player. Gallo has a better arm. Gallo has arguably the best arm yeah. in baseball. With Adolis Garcia has uh, arguably the best arm in baseball too. So your corners could be. Unbelievable. Yeah. What about so the you're sh- in on Joey if it's a one year like five, you under said, ten million? I think so. Somewhere between five and eight million dollars. Do you think so? You're not. I'm not. I get it, but I think I'm gonna say yes. Well, it's okay to be wrong. <laughs> we fit we, I figured that out today. <laughs> I did read in an article which is interesting to me. Baltimore played above their skis last year and led by Adley Rushman, who when he came up the number one overall pick in two thousand nineteen was great and almost won Rookie of the Year. Julio Rodriguez won it. They only have $73 million committed to their team next year. And they have literally, if you want to look at it this way, $0 committed to their team in 2024. Like, they don't have anybody under contract. Now, Adley Rushman is under control, but if they wanted to just release him, they wouldn't owe him any money. So don't get me wrong in that they do have players that would be on their team two years from now, but – it's interesting that Baltimore did what they did and they haven't done really anything in the offseason. They actually said, why wouldn't Baltimore be offering Rodon a huge contract and going, hey, you can say no to us, but we literally have zero dollars committed to our 2024 team and only 73 committed to next year's team. Okay, so two things. First of all, are you telling me we need to watch out because the Baltimore Orioles are about to potentially be good for a potentially long amount of time? If they want to spend money, do you or th- do they want to just be the Oakland Athletics of the East? Which can be good enough, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's really tough with Boston, New York. As much as we look at maybe we're spending money, the Rangers are spending money, I don't think we can be the New York Yankees or the Boston Red Sox in that. Yeah. Houston does have a dynasty going, and they have everything locked in for the next couple years, and uh, I just was looking at Ben Attendee and Joey Gallo as two total opposites. By the way, Ben Attendee, you're going to have to sign to a multi-year contract. There are teams interested in him, but Joey Gallo, I haven't heard a peep Me of neither. anybody wanting Joey Gallo in the major leagues next year. And I'm sure he's going to sign a major league contract, but like literally he did turn down from the Rangers. I believe it was just under $20 million. I think he could have maybe got $20 million a year, like on a four-year $80 million deal, but said no, and that's that. What, why he got traded. And Ooh. we talked about it. So Aaron Judge bet on himself, and he won. Joey yeah. Gallo bet on himself, and he lost, at mm-hmm. least for now. Yeah, probably, yeah, Pro- a lot of money uh, yeah. that he lost by just not saying yes to a very comfortable situation. Absolutely, because they thought he was going to be that – I don't know if Aaron Judge is the right comparison, but he was going to be that big money, big power guy that could get paid. And by the way, my dad's guy, Kyle Muller, and I say he hasn't worked with Kyle Muller since he graduated from Jesuit, but he got traded to the Oakland Athletics. So you will be seeing, if you are a friend of Kyle Muller and kind of follow his career but don't follow the MLB offseason, 
he's going to be pitching against the Rangers quite a bit. Even though the schedule's changed a little bit, he's going to be an Oakland Athletic, and good for him. I don't know what he was going to do with Atlanta except pitch in AAA. Now he becomes a top three starter in Oakland's organization. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's time for the C-Block starring Corey Majors. Did you hear what Jerry Jones said this morning? I did. Ram. I did. Next in the fan. <laughs> we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.